Welcome to Because and Effect, a podcast from the Winnipeg Foundation, where we talk to people about the causes they care about and the effect that it has on their lives. My name is Nolan Bicknell. Thank you for tuning in today for the launch of our new season. I'm honored to get to speak with Foundation CEO Sky Bridges for the second time on the podcast. Our first conversation was when he was brand new to the role of CEO, but this time around, he's got just over two years under his belt as of April. So the conversation was a lot different. I sat down with Sky Bridges in the CJNU studios to talk about the strategic vision for the Winnipeg Foundation moving forward, the path the organization is taking in response to Winnipeg Vital Signs 2022, and how collaborating with community can improve the well-being of Winnipeggers and make a lasting impact. Thank you for listening to the Because and Effect podcast. My name is Nolan Bicknell, and I'm now joined in the CJNU studios by my boss, Sky Bridges, CEO of the Winnipeg Foundation. Sky, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for coming back on the show. Hi, I love coming back and talking with you, Nolan. It's one, wonderful to be here. One of two repeat guests, so you're in high uh, esteem. You're in you're in high company there. Um, but we wanted to check in with you because it is our hundredth episode. So who better to have on the on the show than the CEO of the Winnipeg Foundation to talk about the future and talk about where we're going as an organization. So um, maybe before we get into sort of where we're going, let's reflect a little bit on your first couple of years. Is it has been two years officially yet or are we almost there? We're almost there. It'll be two years in April. Right. Uh, but I want to congratulate you for reaching it to the 100th episode. Thank you. Uh, I have to say that uh, the, uh, these uh, conversations that go out to our community, uh, your uh, curiosity, your enthusiasm, uh, brings forward uh, stories that are so important for our listeners to hear. And I want to thank you for your efforts for uh, bringing amazing stories to life uh, I feel, out in the digital world. Thank you. I feel very grateful that I just get to talk to people like you, other CEOs and, organ- and people in, the, in uh, the philanthropic sector here in the city. So yeah, thanks for that. But um, how have your first 1.9 years been <laughs> at the Winnipeg Foundation? The first time we talked, you, we, we kind of talked about like the past and where we're at now, but like what... How, what what have you? Uh, how can you reflect on these first two years and and what we've uh, been able to accomplish so far? Uh, it's uh, an incredible uh, uh, two years uh, learning about all the amazing facets of our community, the diversity. I mean, everything from uh, the passion uh, from our donors uh, to the agencies that we support that got the boots on the ground that are, are facing those challenges head on, and uh, in particular uh, the Winnipeg Foundation staff who. Uh, here are so passionate about the work that they do and that every day we get to go to work to help to bake a better uh, Winnipeg for all. It's uh, been years of learning for me, uh, connecting uh, to people, understanding where there are needs and opportunities Mm -hmm. for us to be better as a community. And it's really humbling because I feel a bit still, even after two years, there's still more to learn. But uh, even though I'm a Winnipegger, I'm a tourist and I'm getting to learn a lot. Yeah, that's it's I've been here for at the foundation for nine years and I'm still learning about organizations, still learning about people and still learning about all the great work that that is done here. What's something on this learning journey that you that surprised you or that you didn't expect or that came out of nowhere that you're like, oh, okay, I didn't think that that was the thing that Winnipeg did or that had or that that we were focused on or what's something that surprised you? 
Well, in the very beginning days, uh, you know, I had uh, an understanding uh, at a very high level of uh, the work that we do through Endow Manitoba and supporting uh, other community foundations across the province, 57 of them now. But it is uh, fascinating and surprising to really learn about that program and what it's doing because ultimately the Winnipeg Foundation is supporting growing the sector ensuring and supporting that there are community foundations outside of Winnipeg Mm -hmm. throughout this great province to help promote philanthropy Mm -hmm. and generosity to build stronger communities. And that's really exciting because uh, to be a sector builder and to support those organizations is is very, very rewarding. And uh, 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 through that channel, uh, we get to uh, also uh, uh, share in some of the amazing success stories that are happening throughout the province, but also we learn from those partners as well. Uh, this is uh, uh, we're all in this together. We all face the same challenges, and so having a network uh, that can come together to share and learn uh, is is wonderful. And uh, I really enjoy the work that's being done there. Yeah, some of the best days are when we get to connect people and connect with us and create these communities and have this sort of like umbrella of people that are waking up every day trying to make Winnipeg better or make Manitoba better or make the world better, right? And it's it's easy to get inspired when you go to work and talk to people who are choosing a cause and fighting for it as hard as they can every, every single day. Um, the first two years, you did a lot of listening. We did a lot. Of, we are mm-hmm. continuing to do a lot of listening. That's one of your main core values. Um, how are the next two years, let's say, going to be different from the first two years when it comes to um, approach and how we're how we're approaching our work and how we're approaching Manitoba as a whole and Winnipeg as a whole. Yes, yeah, continuing to always kind of be in that listing mode because mm. uh, you know even when you create a, a four-year strategic plan and you release it, uh, community is not static. Uh, there's new challenges always arising. The pandemic has certainly taught us that, and 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 the foundation was responsive to community need there, and we need to continue to be. Uh, responsive that way and that's why listening and having conversation uh, is, is always continuously important. We are in the middle, well you just mentioned the strategic plan and you we're in the middle of operationalizing the strategic plan. Can you just talk a little bit o- about our approach to gathering evidence, making decisions that are based on evidence and just sort of the decision making that went into the strategic plan on a high level like how, what was the approach and, and how do you feel that the uh, process went? So I, I think the the, the process uh, went very well, and mm-hmm. uh, ultimately there was a lot of input uh, into the strategic plan. So there were some key uh, research components that were conducted, but the primary one being vital signs, which mm-hmm. is an incredible piece of research because that particular approach to research was developed on a model that was developed by the University of Waterloo on how do you measure well-being in a community. Mm. So there's already a lot of vigor. Uh, from an academic point of view and studying it to understand uh, what is the methodology it really helps you to uh, measure well-being. And ultimately, that's that's what we're focused on is what we're here uh, as an organization is a community of well-being. So from there, that vital signs, which both had a qualitative and quantitative approach, mm-hmm. uh, was able to uh, fill out that framework and looking at those seven key components with the 64 indicators that kind of surround it. And, and you populate that through identifying existing research that's there. Uh, but then you identify where the gaps are, where the research hasn't been conducted. And then that's where you we create a our own um, quantitative survey that goes out into community, as well as a qualitative approach, which is uh, speaking with the agencies and community groups over mm-hmm. what they're seeing or the challenges are in our community. So that primary uh, research vehicle uh, is uh, the, the the center point 
of where a lot of mm. the inspiration comes in terms of our strategic plan because ultimately we want to understand um, where are those gaps, where are those yeah. challenges. Outside of that, we need to hear from uh, other constituents in terms of how we move forward communi with community. So we had a, a, a wonderful uh, research approach on hearing from our donor base. Uh, as well as uh, uh, the, the, the agency side. We also conducted a uh, brand audit, uh, which was uh, uh, conducted with the general population of Winnipeg who gave us feedback on uh, where we are in terms of, of, of the brand, but also looking at what they were seeing as some of the biggest uh, challenges uh, in community. So I would say with, with Vital Signs and then this following the, those, those three as well as others, but those were the, the, the primary sources. And of course, Obviously, um, our staff involved mm. in having conversations, developing the strategic plan, they come with knowledge because they carry so many conversations that happen throughout the year of what they're hearing of, of, of where we need to go to support the community. So that's a lot of data it points. Is. That's a lot. lot of different, you're probably being pulled in a lot of different directions. How do you cut through it all? And like, there's so much data. There's, I hear you use the term evidence-based decision-making frequently in our staff meetings and everything. So like, how do you cut through all the mountains and mountains of data to, to get to the core of our business and, and what we want to focus on? So I would say that that process, it kind of mirrors uh, two kind of pathways, right? So yes, you know, the research and you can look at it and say, yes, there is a lot of data, but but when, when you have the right analysts who mm. come together to look at that data and tell you the story, it actually becomes more focused, right? Mm. You, you, you start to see where the critical uh, areas are. Uh, research is a tool, mm. right? Uh, it it is not um, uh, tells you exactly what you need to do. It's a tool that points out where there are gaps and there's challenges, and it's one tool. The other tool that you have um, that that coalesces with this work is is really is is uh, doing a SWOT analysis. Um, and Classic. That, that, and that was uh, uh, because um, there's a lot of answers within your own organization. And we run a com we ran a complete SWOT analysis where all staff participated, boards par participated, and we looked at that. And then you look at it through a, also a, a risk lens of understanding where we need to evolve and where we need to grow. And so, um, I know it seems daunting. You look at it and you go, "Oh, how is all this data? How do you how do you form it in?" But uh, it's it's through the careful consideration of understanding of of where is our common threads, what is mm -hmm. the common theme. Um, uh, what do we what do we know that we need to, 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 to focus on? Yeah, and and that turns into your your strategic plan. Now, there's the core of what we do, right? And that doesn't change. That doesn't change. We are still, and will always be a 360 grantor. And for those people who maybe don't understand, well, what does that mean, 360 grantor? Um, that uh, it means that there isn't anything that we will not support in terms of not-for-profit organizations within the sector. Yep. So um, we accept grants from all walks of charitable life, whether that be arts and culture, um, uh, environment, needed lifestyle supports, uh, whether that has to do with mental health. Mm. Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> everything. <right? laughs> and everything. And so that's still a part of the strategic plan. It's still a core of what we do because part of also – uh, hearing what community needs is just having a general granting stream where you open it up and you say what 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 what's out there what do you need and so that that's part of it right even though we're not implicit in talking about that in the plan that's still the core of what we do 
and the strategic plan contemplates and talks about some of the new areas that we need to evolve to, right? That vital sign says, here's some critical issues that we need to pay attention to. And, and there's no doubt that the community that we have uh, today is not the same community we had pre-COVID. And so I mm. think also doing vital signs at that point in time right. was really critical. Uh, as we know that there are continuing laggers of effects on our society as a result of the pandemic. Yeah. So these six key findings that came out of Vital Signs, we're going to be focusing on them a lot uh, on this podcast. We're going to be talking about belonging, confidence in institutions, mental health, addictions, hunger, and homelessness. I mean, none of these words, I mean, may, aside from maybe con- confidence in institutions, everything else we've been, we know, we knew maybe implicitly or explicitly that these are areas that we needed to continue focusing on. But was there anything out of those six areas that surprised you or that you uh, that we're going to have to pivot and, and focus on in a new way as a foundation that you that you can think of? Well, it's certainly, you know, what it's pointing out to us uh, that we were already hearing in terms of yeah. conversations uh, is people not feeling connected, right? I mean, the, the result of the pandemic, which required us to be um, isolated and disconnected from our family, from our friends, and from our community, it's not surprising to see that, um, you know, we have lost a sense of belonging. And yeah. uh, Winnipeggers overall, you know, uh, this the statistics show the national average, you know, was 72% versus 69 in 2018. And now in 2022, we're down to 61%. So, uh, that's not surprising, uh, but uh, it it provides it in a more clarity in terms of just how how much has it changed, right? And and, mm. and that's that that's a low statistic uh, coming down from uh, around seventy down to to, to sixty one, uh, and so I think that what it shows us is that although there maybe there's a portion of the population that has been able to move on from the pandemic there's a portion of the population that hasn't. For sure. And that's where we're always wanting to keep an eye on um, inclusion, mm-hmm. leaving no one left behind, and under understanding that. And, and, and that's where you know Winnipeggers always come in and care and generosity. We understand that life brings challenges, and with those challenges, there are segments of our population that suffer more than others, and, and we have an obligation to do good by them. Very well said. So let's talk about the strategic plan and how we're going to implement it and, and stuff. We're, we're, we talk, the, there's, a, there's four pillars, which I love. It's set out really nice. So you guys did an incredible job. The, the, the management team and everyone at the foundation has really just like, it's, it's, it's a very impressive and very exciting and very, um, I'm excited to get to work on a lot of it. One of the pillars is this com- community champions. And you talk about just sort of like giving people a, platform to tell their story and and just highlight the work that's being done because there there's over a thousand organizations that we support each year and that that means there's a thousand different stories that we can tell and a thousand different community champions essentially so just can you extrapolate on the community champions pillar and how we want to um, just lift up the voices of the people who are already doing incredible work in the city yeah so uh, as you, as you've eloquently laid out there there are four pillars to the plan and and, and the one on the, on the champion is talking about where the the Winnipeg Foundation uh, needs to almost take a a specific approach to the challenges that we've laid out within there where we've recognized that there's a segment of our population um, that is being left behind. Mm. And so one of those areas is called the Area of Care, which stands for Community Area for Revitalization and Equity. Essentially, it's a 
geographical region where the kind of center of it is at Higgins in Maine. And within that, that, that area and that radius, we've, we've, we've carved out an area that I guess it, I guess it would be roughly, um, you know, looking at maybe 10 blocks mm-hmm. uh, either way, is where a lot of our um, unhoused population is. But that is their community. That is where they live. And if we are focusing through vital signs as an approach to well-being for all, we know that that segment of the population is probably not living a life as well-being as others who are housed. Now, we understand that there's a lot of intersecting challenges within the population, from mental health issues to addictions. But for us, uh, we're simply just saying that we want to have a particular focus on the population that lives there and Mm. supports them. We understand that there are others who are living those same experiences there in other areas of the city. But we recognize by starting there, um, the other populations will benefit from the work that we do do there. We do have to start somewhere. It's becoming, it's a huge problem in our city. And um, even beyond that, a lot of other data points have said that citizens in the city is concerned about the homeless situation. Mm -hmm. We had for the first time in our mayoral race, it was a key and top consideration to be discussed, which has never happened before. So there's a lot of momentum, and, and even in the, the, uh, the, the survey that we did on the brand perception, we asked what are the, some of the biggest concerns that Winnipeggers have, and it was poverty, 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 Man. right? So uh, what is our approach to supporting that area? Well, again, the Winnipeg Foundation is a funder. We don't do the work, and there's agencies that do that work. So our approach to how do we go about supporting it is, is, is by having conversations, by bringing those agencies together for the Winnipeg Foundation to understand where are the gaps, where are the challenges and the opportunities? And we want to pro- provide material funding over four years to help that population move forward on a better life of, of, of well-being. It's kind of unprecedented that we're being this focused on an area. You know, we've never really said, like, we're going to just focus on St. Vitel or, you know, St. Boniface or any specific area of the city. And I think it's very um, exciting and very, like, powerful that we're choosing to, to do this. Um, what were some of the pros and cons of making that decision and being that explicit in our, we, we have a map and some, you know, like there's an area that we're going to focus on. So like, obviously there's some challenges in, in that approach. What were some of the pros and cons of, of, of doing that work and thinking of, of how we approach things uh, that, that's different from how we've done it for the past hundred years, essentially? Well, the Winnipeg Foundation has focused on specific initiatives that are area-focused before. We we did have, uh, for a number of years, a particular focus on our downtown parks right, right. initiatives. Yeah. And, and so there are other examples where we have actually focused in on um, a, a particular area of support. So I, I think, again... Um, I think about it more from pros and cons. It's, it's, it, I think a majority from the perspective is understanding that um, this is a huge challenge. This is an absolutely huge challenge that, that we need to focus on uh, as a community. Um, I, I think um, beyond even just the agencies telling us it's a huge issue, the population is telling us it's a huge issue. And I, and I think that the Winnipeg Foundation, um, although it may seem a bit new that we're focusing on a geographical area, it's not new that we focus on an issue. Mm. Right? So if we think about the pandemic, um, that, that didn't have geographical boundaries per se, but it was a specific issue that we provided specific supports around our agencies. And so right. um, the challenge is becoming so uh, huge that if we do nothing, 
that's the bigger problem. That's a bigger problem. And so when we look at the other area that we focus on within that pillar, it's connected into that area, right? Yeah. So when we think about the homeless uh, situation, the other area that we want to focus on is kids in care. Right. And it's kind of a bookend kind of approach. We want to build strategies that help to keep families together. So mm. we reduce the amount of children going in to the foster care system. And then we want to have strategies where we support um, uh, kids who age out of the system to be yeah. more successful in life. And so why do I say that this strategy is connected to the other, the, the other area, focusing on our homeless population? Well, we know that from the, uh, the street census that was done by and Homelessness Winnipeg, 64% of the respondents uh, who are homeless said that uh, they were connected, had experiences with CFS. Mm. So we know that a root cause um, is um, uh, partly going through that system, finding themselves in a situation where they're homeless. And I think as a society, um, the Winnipeg Foundation, uh, in some ways, will end up supporting individuals through other mechanisms when they are homeless by supporting the agencies. And so this particular focus is about trying to deal with the root cause. Mm. How do we prevent the amount of children going into CFS because we know that tends to be a pathway into becoming homeless. You use the term intersecting yeah. before, like intersectionality. There is no conversation about one of these things without dealing with those six vital like belonging, confidence, mm -hmm. mental health, addictions, hunger, homelessness. It's all CFS is all tied together uh, as a storyteller and as a as a, you know, someone who's going to be talking to people about their stories. It's a very like um, emotionally treacherous area. Um, do you have any advice for when when I'm when we're going to be talking to people and and they're going to be um, bestowing us the gift of their story? How, like, wh what would you recommend that the foundation keeps in mind when we're telling these stories that are going to be emotionally devastating for 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 the people who are listening and and hearing them? Ultimately, I truly believe that. Everyone, and I've seen it time and time again, of examples of those who worked in the cis sector are not in it because we're shying away from the challenges, right? And it's through the heart space in which that we walk this path into supporting everything that we do. And, and I want to say celebrating too, because celebrating is a mm -hmm. part of it. There, there's things in our strategic plan that, you know, are also about um, uh, uh, supporting all components of, of, of our, our work in our society. I get that the conversations around homelessness and the challenges, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit heavy, but I, I believe that we walk through the heart understanding that um, these are humans, they're individuals, right? They, they've had a different path than, than myself, than, your, than yourself. But we, as a community, need to always come together. That's what makes us stronger, right? We, being separated doesn't, doesn't move us forward as a society. Understanding that um, there's there's no difference between really from a, a human element heart point of view between me and someone who is homeless and and that we're connected, uh, and that's how that's how I walk the path, mm. and I know that our donors walk that path too, and uh, and and there's a lot of people who are focusing in at this time, and there's momentum uh, happening right. in this city that I've never seen before. Wanting right. to focus on supporting our homeless population. There is reason to be optimistic, and there's so many people that want to help and improve and we just need to kind of make me create mechanisms f for those opportunities to 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 happen um a, l a lot of your strategy and your approach to things is is like i said before listening but that comes with convening and gathering community why is that such a vital part pardon the pun of of our work is coming together as a community 
looking people in the eyes and talking human to human as opposed to just sort of, you know, you can get really disconnected in the in the data and the numbers and the Twitters and the social medias and everything. How important is it to sit across the table from someone and, and talk and have a heart to heart um, when when we're talking about these these approaches. Sorry, so how, are you asking how difficult it is? No, how oh. important is it to oh. your to the strategy of the foundation and to you personally to have because you I mean, your days are filled with meetings with people <laughs> yeah. and you know, like that's been your first two years has just been meeting and convening and talking and and gathering this community. So like how important is it to you to to continue that and what is the benefit of it? Yeah, the core is what we do that's how we stay connected. It's how we stay connected. Uh, we're we're here to serve. Uh, the community and and just say like this isn't the the four-year strategic plan isn't my strategy um, my responsibility uh, in all of this was to create a process that that process created a strategic plan mm. that was responsive towards you know kind of community needs and and you know uh, in in that process ensuring that you know we're, we're looking we're looking at all components of, of what where community is at but it in terms of going back to your question of 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 the importance of the dialogue is because I kind of go back to um, research is also a moment in time. Mm. Uh, Community is not static. Things are always changing. And so you need to be constantly in conversation and understanding what's evolving, what's changing, how, how, how do we adapt? And so for the Winnipeg Foundation, the, the overarching kind of conversation that's happening is we recognize in this strategic plan that we cannot grant our way out of all of community's challenges. And so this plan contemplates um, what that could look like and how we can evolve supporting our community in different ways. We're still a 360 grantor. We, yeah. we, we give out $85 million to 1,100 charities next year. Uh, that, that approach to ensuring that we're supporting across the board continues. The Winnipeg Foundation has grown to the size that we can now say we want to understand these complicated issues and provide support because there's complexity in supporting that population in the care area. Mm -hmm. There's complexity in supporting uh, kids and keeping families together out of the CFS. Uh, the other the other item in the pillar is is the contemplation and looking at can we create a sector wide not for profit organization to represent um, the great work that our sector is doing and mm -hmm. and so you think about that we're talking also about system approaches. The Winnipeg Foundation still does that one-on-one -on -one granting. All we're saying in the strategic plan is is we're evolving, saying we're at the we're at the the, the size and 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 the understanding now that these complex issues uh, we want to approach and help to find solutions to. Which there's other agencies, of course, doing that work too. But I think there's space for the Winnipeg Foundation to also um, uh, step in here. Yeah, it feels as though um, we're really acknowledging that we are but a cog in the world machine and we ha we play our port part very strongly, but we have to also acknowledge that there's so many other elements that go into our work and go into the areas in which we're trying to improve. So it's like we have to acknowledge that there's so many layers <laughs> to, to, the, to the onion that is Manitoba or Winnipeg or Canada in general and like... It's uh, it's exciting, but it's also daunting because there's so many different things to focus on. But the plan is giving us, okay, we got five years. It doesn't have to all be done next month. That's what Luann has been saying to us. Like, we can come up with a plan over the next five years to really focus on all of these things that we've laid out. And it's, you know, like you said, we're not going to grant our way out of the problems, but um, we're going to be able to have at least a direction to drive this this boat in. And, and we'll, we'll see if we have to sort of change course halfway through, you know, like... 
yeah. adjust the yeah. adjust the direction that we're going in. Yeah, because the, the, the plan says, like, here's some of the focus areas, but it doesn't say how we're going to do it because uh, that's where uh, the community comes in. Yeah. And, and we're going to be having uh, some vital conversations, uh, inviting, you know, community and agencies in to say, okay, if we want to have a positive effect in here, how do you think we should go about what what needs to be done? We don't have the answers. That's where community comes in. It's very exciting. <laughs> what are you most uh, looking forward to in the next five years uh, when it comes to the work of the Winnipeg Foundation? That's a really hard to answer because <laughs> yeah. there's so much. There's so well, much. I just kinda, said there's so yeah, much. Yeah, there there's so much going on, and I mean, I could take components. I mean, of the Strat Plan, I'm excited about many components of it. Um, one of them that I, I find so curious about because I wonder where it's going to take us is understanding um, how we can support our community getting access to capital, right? And so mm. when I, when I mentioned capital, I'm, I'm talking about hard assets, right? So there's a lot of organizations that need support for their infrastructure, and there's many other approaches to how an organization can go about that. One of it is impact investing, and I've had a mm. lot of questions since I've been here about what is our role in it. And so uh, in our plan, we've said that we're, we're dedicating to understanding, well, what is the, the, the total capital need within our sector, right? We did a wonderful study years ago on, on the sector, a broad study just looking at where they are, where are the challenges, and, and that was the report that came out that talked about, you know, stretched and still standing. Right, right. So, so think of this as an evolution of that report, but going on a very specific issue, and that's access to capital. And um, the, pro- the province, uh, they're looking at the, uh, that challenge as well. I mean, uh, when we talk about impact investing, that's under the umbrella of social financing. Mm-hmm. Right? It covers, every, it covers uh, social impact bonds as well as impact investing. And so I'm really excited about the journey of measuring and saying, okay, well, uh, what is the total capital need? What are the barriers that those organizations have to it? And then we can look at possible solutions. Impact investing is one. But when you look at barriers, you're, you're really starting to also really understand what other types of supports or, or, or what, if, what else needs to happen in order for those organizations to get access to the capital. So I'm very right. excited about that because it's the... it's. It, for a lot of people, it's probably the work that sounds the least uh, 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 interesting in that, that that data collection, those conversations takes a lot of time and a lot of patience. But at the end of that, when you do that work, you start to bring into picture how you can really move the needle on some critical issues. That's equity. That is yes. equity, right? Like yes, that that's is, equity work. That's what it's all about. Skybridges, thank you for being the 100th guest on the Winnipeg Foundation's Because and Effect podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to say to our listeners uh, about the next five years and, and what the foundation has in store for Winnipeg? Just to say that I love Winnipeg. I thank you, everyone, who has taken the time to listen to us today. Your time is precious, and I appreciate your care and love for our community. Because if you're here listening, that it means that uh, you know your, your your heart is thinking about how we can be a better community. And so I, I thank you for that, and uh, I just look forward to continuing the conversation. I'm sure I'll get to. Well, you'll have me back, and we can talk about what's happening uh, in the plan and how it's rolling out. Uh, but uh, you know, let's stay connected. Uh, let's stay heart-centered, and uh, uh, and I hope you have a really good day. Thank you, Sky. Thank you again to Sky Bridges for sitting down and having this chat with me. Uh, it's been a while since we put out one of these conversations, and I'm happy to be back and talking about some of these important topics. Uh, we have a lot of conversations coming up that I'm extremely excited to share with you, and I do hope you'll subscribe to the podcast wherever you happen to be listening right now. Uh, so they'll just be delivered right to your phone or your computer or however you are listening right now. 
So all music on this show is produced by Trenton Burton. You can hear more of his stuff by searching Trenton Burton on Spotify. And Because and Effect is a podcast of the Winnipeg Foundation. If you'd like to learn more about the foundation, please visit WPGFDN.org or search at WPGFDN on all major social media platforms. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off. Thank you again for listening. We will see you next week. And remember, service to others is the rent you pay for room here on Earth. Bye-bye.